Hello and welcome to the OPG Inspire miniseries, Microlevers. Each episode, featuring OPG partner and co-founder Laura Freebaron-Smith, provides leaders with tips and tools to build a better culture within their organizations. Hello and welcome to OPG Inspire, and thanks for listening to our Microlevers series. Uh, this is a mini-series all around tips and tools for managers who want to build a better culture at their workplace. And if you want to learn more about what a microlever is, you can refer back to the episode called The Gong a few episodes back, and it gives a little bit more of a description. So I'm Robert Roach, and I'm joined here by partner and co-founder of OPG, Laura Freeburn-Smith. Hey, Laura. Hey, Robert. And uh, today we're talking about staff retreats. It's something that most companies do on an annual basis or maybe twice a year um, or maybe less, maybe a couple <laughs> maybe a couple of years in between each retreat. Um, but what is it that OPG does differently about staff retreats? What do we teach uh, some of our clients to do when they do staff retreats? So I thought for this podcast, I might start by turning the tables a little bit and saying, you've been to several OPG retreats. How do you feel about them? And then I'll talk about the construction. But you, you have had firsthand experience. Well, I think a big part of the retreats here at OPG for me has been that every person in the firm is in some way deeply involved with some section of the retreat. Um, you know, they may be the person who's responsible for organizing an activity that the whole uh, staff does or organizing um, maybe uh, a section that they're teaching. Um, That's actually a big part is that many of their staff, especially if they're developing themselves as facilitators, uh, will teach something to the organization or they will present something that they've been working on. It may be something that's assigned. It may be something that they've decided that they want to do. And I've had wonderful experience with that in the past. We also have a big focus on the team building elements and doing something that's new and different, maybe something that's, uh, you know, may seem cliche, like a ropes course or something like that, but we do it in a, in a kind of unique way that was not, it was, it was something that was unexpected. Um, and I mean, just in general, I walk away from, I walk in excited for staff retreats and I walk away just feeling fulfilled and ready to work and really closely connected to my team members, but also really closely connected to the mission of the organization. I think that uh, we do a great job of tying the mission tightly to everything that we're doing and kind of reigniting all of those little sparks around, uh, around what my work does in relation to the mission. Yeah, great. I mean, that you've highlighted all the elements one way or another and the impact on staff. And I, I have the same feeling that you do when I leave those retreats, very connected, on fire about what we're doing. Um, our retreats are a little bit like religion, as you know. you know. We do them every year. They are, we, I think we've missed one in the years. Um, it was delayed. We didn't miss it. Uh, they're two days long. We've had some that are two and a half days long. We also use the arc of our, the team building model that we use, the Drexler-Sibbett team building model with the seven phases. So the retreat agenda reflects all of those phases. So for example, we do interpersonal connection, a lot of it during the retreats. Then we go to content. We look at the goals and how we're doing the work and who's doing what. There's always something about that. And then there's something about high performance and celebration. And there's something about renewal, a kind of rest and restoration. We've had meditation teachers. As you mentioned, we've done ropes courses. We always have interesting food. Sometimes we're going to a restaurant together. Um, lots of different team building activities, both physical and intellectual. 
I think you really highlighted one of the key pieces, though, which is around the design and the facilitation. Usually there's two co-designers, and then they are the master leaders for the master facilitators. But to your point, everyone is facilitating. And the agenda is developed publicly. The co-leaders start developing it two months in advance, three months, and it's shared and discussed, and people know what's coming, and they have input, and they can do things they want to try and be creative. Um, so I, the other thing is that we do it to the OPG standards. We treat the staff the same way we would want to treat our clients. So there's a beautiful binder, and all the handouts are beautifully organized, and the agenda is crisply made, and the food is beautiful, and the room is set up, and there's often kind of tchotchkes or swag that go along with it. And as is the OPG way, there's always a little bit of humor. Somewhere along the way, there's some humor and some play in, in all of it. Mm-hmm. How, now, I, I think that um, complaints I've heard about staff retreats in the past from other my friends or my you know peers who work at other companies is that they seem so top down like the the highest people in the organization have an agenda that they want to get down the the throats of every person who works at the organization and it seems like the staff retreats the best place to do that would you how do you, would you agree or disagree with that statement because it seems like such a difficult way or such a sometimes a frustrating way to receive that kind of information as an employee Funny, the image that came to mind was those poor geese who are stuffed to become, so their livers become pate, and they, they're, they're force-fed food until they get really fat, and it makes, oh, it's a terrible oh. image. <laughs> but that, that's what the image that came to mind. Um, yes, we work with a lot of clients who will start with us saying, I want to retreat, so my staff will do X, or they will understand X, or whatever. Uh, and then we help them discover that if you can co-create and engage people, it works much better. Now, why, is, why are OPG's retreats not like that? Because we don't wait for the retreat in order to accomplish a shared understanding of the organization and where it's going. The retreat is icing on the cake for the year, or whatever analogy you want to use. It's a deeper dive, right? But all year long, we are talking about strategy and norms, uh, metrics, all the things that leaders often want to force feed at a retreat. So part of that is having a year-long OD plan where you are skillfully and thoughtfully creating an ongoing culture throughout the year. And the retreat is just a chance to do a deeper dive into critical topics and not to force feed people things. How important is it so how important is it to take your staff into a new space? Because that's the other paradigm that everyone talks about. Well, oh, I heard that this company takes all of their crew down to Florida. And, you know, some, you know, some companies can't just can't afford to do that. So they're saying, you know what, I'm just not going to have a retreat. I'm going to have a, a meet a team meeting or something like that. You know, even if you, you know, we've done retreats in our own office space, yeah. and it's it's as if we're in a different office the way that we approach it uh, mentally. And so how, how important is it to go to a new place? I don't think there's a one answer to that. It depends on uh, the tone that your office space sets, uh, whether it's noisy and stressful and people need to get away, or whether you can create a sense of separate space for it. And as you said, we've done it both. We've done it in our office and away. Depends how big your group is. So I think you have to weigh a lot of factors for that. I don't think you need to fly to the Bahamas. Uh, you can just go down the street to the church basement if you if you do it right. Um, but you do need to think carefully about where you're meeting. The one one thing I wanted to mention too is that we schedule those retreats way in advance. 
so this alludes to that year-long organizational development culture schedule. Uh, Tammy in our office, who is the master scheduler, uh, make sure that every group event is in our calendars 12 months out. I cannot overemphasize that. If you don't want things to be optional or to be underattended, you've got to put it in people's calendars so they can schedule the vacations around it and there's no surprises. And having it in the schedule so far in advance, I find takes a lot of the stress out of the co-creation elements because then you have a bunch of time to think about it and you keep getting lots of reminders six months ahead of time and four months ahead of time. Hey, think about what it is that you're going to be doing at the staff retreat. Um, It gives good time to... Prep so you're not stressed leading up to it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's a little bit on staff retreats, and maybe we will return uh, and talk more on it or more of similar retreats that OPG does at another time. But uh, for now, we're going to end this episode. And next week, we're going to come back and talk about something that's very important to OPG space and specifically what your office is and how it can act as a culture driver. So uh, join us next week. And Laura, thank you so much for your time. Thank today. you for having me. Thank you.